Welcome. This is Stan Lee of Marvel Comics warning you to look around you. Your classmates, your friends, you never know which one of them may be terrorist mutants who plan to destroy the human race. Mutants. I hate them. It has come to my attention that you have a mutant power. He's a mutant. A stinking mutant. Don't you remember what it was like when you first discovered you were a mutant? This week, our hosts find ourselves trapped in a shitty Fox original television series from 2017, trying to make our way back to the rise of the powers of X, the fall of the House of X, and Wolverine Sabretooth War Part 1. With me, as always, are Janos. Hello. Kiwi. Hello. And Holly! Hello! Uh, X is more fallen than it's ever been at this point in time. Yeah. There's... I've been thinking about... Here's what I've been thinking about. Because we're all... We're all very used to the abbreviation Hawksbox for the original House of X, Powers of 10. Um, so are we... I, 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 I think... and Fothix? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, we're gonna have to, like, because it's not, it doesn't roll off the tongue, right? To say, um, fall of the house of X. So that would be Fothox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other one is Rotpox. Yeah. See, it's, I think you just sort of cut it out and you just do rise and fall. So you do that's like, what I've been Fox doing in my head. Rocks, Fox. Rotpox is cool, though, is the thing. Yeah. I it's... mean, Rotpox is easy to remember because it's like, uh, it's like, it's like rat. It's like a rat sickness, right? But instead of rat, it's mm-hmm. rot. It's um, it's it's not useful to like remember the real names. But in my head, in my in in my head, I have been referring to them as "it's so over" and "we're so back" um, <laughs> as the as the series. It should be it should be uh, House of the Fall of X because that would be Hot Fox. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they couldn't risk. Um, making making that sort of stance, you know, there, I I would believe that there are still people in Marvel who are like scared of looking like furries. Scared in the of same the furries. Way. over at DC. I'm like, I'm like over at DC, where where they are not cowards. <laughs> Robin is currently Damian Wayne is currently a cat boy. Oh, there's a really good cover. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if it was this week yeah, or I just next saw week. That one. Uh, I mean, the, did Grayson's like, like a hot like box or a hot wolf or something? <laughs> That's what the Teen Titans cover is like from yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago. 
Yeah. I've also just been calling them Rise and Fall. I feel like that's... Yeah, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> you know, it, the, the weird thing is that Fall of the House of X doesn't feel like much of a fall. <laughs> Whereas Rise of the Powers of Ten, that, that feels like really doomed. A lot of bad shit happened in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't it's, know. Well, maybe it will turn out to be the fall of the House of X, not not Krakoa, you know? Has, has sorry, briefly on Robin talk, has Tim Drake been transformed into any kind of animal? I don't know what Tim Drake is. I up don't know currently. what he's up to. Okay, cool. Uh, I have two friends who are like a mini, super but... into Tim Drake. Oh, I know. Be very oh, Tim's the best was... Robin. It's like not a contest. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I simply know that I would have to inform them if he'd been turned into some kind of cat boy or similar. I don't um, know what he's up to currently because he had a mini. Uh. Like, he just like hangs year. out with his boyfriend now, right? Probably. Kinda. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got a don't... boyfriend. That's dope. Yeah, he's like. I haven't been up for a while. What Tim's now. been up to for yeah, a while. Yeah, he's gay. Oh, good for him. He's the gay one. Seems like it was always uh, there. His his boyfriend has blue yeah. hair, I think. And <laughs> Just of course. And I don't think so. Actually, I'm the. No, I, don't I think so. it's because you know who do who does have blue hairs is John Kent's boyfriend. Oh, maybe am I getting them mixed so up? I think you might, you might have seen that. Everybody's boyfriend the... can't have blue hair and pronouns. Yeah, <laughs> the one I'm seeing for Tim Drake is just a blonde boy. Mm. Okay. Um, while we're not talking about the X Men books for a bit, Ultimate Spider Man was great. Um, that was good it, shit. It kind of reads like Peter Parker is about to come out as trans if you uh, go, <laughs> yeah. go and looking at it. Like it, or, or or gay. Like you can. It, it's a very easy reading, more so than it is for most superhero stuff. Especially like he's he's going around being like, I've always known who like I really am inside, but I don't know whether like I should be for for my family and my wife. Um, also, yeah, I was reading really it cool more. Series. I was reading it more trans because uh, because MJ is like, is it gonna change anything about us? And he's like, exactly. Not if yeah. you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's very funny how much of like obviously she'll get more going forward but it was like all she did in that issue was just be like I'm I'm so nice and I'm I support you and we'll be good yeah <laughs> we will not be getting divorced in this comic MJ I'm a spider-man and my pronouns are thwip and thwap <laughs> Yeah, she, she, Marco Cacchetto is drawing her, so, you know, she looks great. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, beautiful art in the issue. Yeah, I mean, she, um, yeah, she's, I mean, this, this first issue, spoiler, 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 there was, like, more uh, Ben, Uncle Ben, and J, Joni Jameson focused, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's just... It's just really funny that, like, the whole lead-up was, like, the really convoluted, like, Ultimate Invasion event. And then for this, it's like, all you need to know is there was a 9-11, and yeah. Tony Stark got blamed for that, and Aunt yeah. May died in 9-11. Oh, what if Tony Stark did 9-11, and then you got a hologram email from him saying, actually, you're destined to be a spider. 
It's this is the kind of thing that comics can do. Anyway, um, yeah. Tony Stark is a boy now. He's a he's some kind he's of Iron lad. lad. Um, you, you know he's going to be copying the effect of the top <laughs> card in the deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Has any of you read the like original like first Young Avengers run with Iron Lad? They only yeah. read the yeah, yeah. one. Yeah. Not in a long time. I read it when I was. When you yourself were a young Avenger. <laughs> I got like three free months of Marvel Unlimited in the early stages of there being a Marvel Unlimited yeah. from like a Dr. Pepper bottle or something. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, it might have been even more than that. And I just read as like much as I could in that three months. And that was like all I knew about comics for like maybe four years <laughs> until I had disposable income. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really know what Iron Lad's deal is, like, outside of Marvel Snap. Like, I didn't see him show up he's, anywhere. He's a Kang, right? Yeah. yeah, he's Kang the Conqueror, like, as a kid who, or like, a young adult who learns that he's going to become Kang and doesn't want that to happen. And so he goes back into the past, um, and... There isn't an Avengers at the time that the Young Avengers are formed. They're disbanded. Um, and so he uh, wakes up, uh, or uses like a decommissioned vision to um, get the Avengers initiative going and recruit the Young Avengers. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, sounds like a likely thing to a do. A lot of Proper nouns in that what I just yeah. explained. <laughs> if I was a Kang, you know. Uh, um, then yeah, I think I, he betrays them? I don't remember. He ends up be, being a baddie. <laughs> yeah, this time yeah. there's stuff involved, if I recall correctly. Yeah, there's some other Kangs show up. And then... Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's also, like, was one of the, like... The, the like... Young Avengers, Runaways, and the new Avengers that Bendis was on, which is around that era, they're like, there's a big chunk of that that I read back in the day as well, and I don't remember shit about any of it. Um, Except, like, the new Avengers was cool, because it had, like, Luke Cage on the team, Mm. um, and things like Spider-Man and Jessica Drew or something. It was just, like, a fun team. Um... And then uh, Secret Wars happened, so it all just mm-hmm. all yeah, just died. Say, this, was, this was right before Secret Wars, wasn't it? <laughs> I, was go- I was just going to say I did start reading Runaways like yesterday. The like, Brian K. Vaughan one, the first, oh, right, the original yeah, yeah. one. It's uh... oh, I have that. I've had that since I was like. A sometimes teen. some of the teen writing is a bit cringe. <laughs> Reading it yeah. yeah, I have not read it since I was a teen, so... Very liberal use of the Arsler, like, on the very, like, first oh, or second God. page. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like, and then there's, the, there's a Joss Whedon run in there somewhere, yeah, too. Yeah, Joss Whedon picks up right after. So it's like, not really a run, like, I looked at it, and it's like, Brian K. Vaughn is on it for, like, 40-something issues... And then Whedon takes over for, like, four or five, and then someone else takes over. Like, Joss Whedon wasn't on it for, like, for, like, one trade, maybe. And, wait, did it get cancelled after 
Joel Sweden was on it, and then it's Rainbow Rowell, or is there another no, one? No, there was something there's, else there's, in between. There's someone else. Terry Moore or something, something with more. Yeah, yeah, and then there's the Battle World Runaways. Yeah, I that, remember uh, that. Which I, I never actually read that, but I read all the rest. Andy Stevenson wrote, yeah. Oh no, no, that one. That one I have, yeah. I was thinking of there's Which has Avengers nothing Academy to do with or something. Any of the other runaways. It's just like here's a bunch Which of one? characters that are cool breaking out of a high school on <laughs> the battle world runaways. Oh the battle world one, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing the thing was cause like I was sick for like the past like five days and somehow I just ended up reading comics that were like huge bummers. Like I read uh The Nice House on the Lake. Uh very like depressing comic. <laughs> yeah, like, not I, a lot of good things happen in that. Yeah, and I was like, I should read something like more lighthearted, but then like the first few issues of Runaways is like, oh, this sucks. Our parents are evil. What are we gonna yeah. do? <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna read something else. We should start with Wolverine, right? And then talk about the other I think two Wolverine together. happens chronologically first. Yeah. There's a note that this happens. There's there's more links between the other two, so the chronology oh. right now in the current books are all over the place too. So like, because all of the rest of X Force takes place before Wolverine Sabretooth War Part One. So mm, okay, that makes sense. oh oh that's there's like, insane. There's an asterisk <laughs> on one of the pages that says like this all takes place before issue fifty of yep. X Force. Oh. And when yeah, is yeah, it's on the the like credits page. Yeah, I, like I guess I missed more that. Issues, I guess nothing of yeah, substance is gonna happen. Issues. <laughs> well, they're gonna face Beast, but yeah, no one's gonna get like got in any substantial. Well, I mean, we know, we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess what we know is that Laura saves a lot of people in the next three issues of X Force because we have not seen her do that so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hmm. this really does deflate the rest of X-Force until issue 50, huh? <laughs> I guess it's maybe just like, oh. don't be surprised for all these guys to be alive. X-Men! Uh, Wolverine 41, uh, written by Victor Laval and Benjamin Percy, art by Jeff Shaw, Corey Smith and Oren Jr. Colors by Alex Sinclair. Sabretooth and his multidimensional crew of other Sabretooths decide that it's time to return to Earth and get revenge. They go to Krakoa and find it abandoned, um, but Quentin Quire shows up and they kill him. Um, at the X-Force base, Wolverine is on edge because it's almost his birthday, and Sabretooth always does something horrible to him on his birthday. Uh, Sabretooth arrives, rips Akihiro apart, and then faces off against Wolverine with his posse. Yeah, the saber teeth, so to speak. Ah. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. Logan. Man, um. This, this is good. This was good. Yeah, it was good. I'm, I'm glad I didn't read the last, like, five Wolverine issues, because. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's no mention where he's like, oh, this reminds me of when I hung out with Spider-Man. <laughs> They're going to do all that next for uh, issue 49. Don't worry about it. Yeah. 
but I don't know if it's the most violent Wolverine story ever told, but like, it's, it's <laughs> that's how they advertise it. Yeah, it's certainly pretty high in the violence. Like the, the <laughs> it's been it's been kicked up a notch from where it was previously. I think. Yeah, that Cyclops that got like his head ripped in half is pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it says uh, parental advisory not for kids. And there should have been an asterisk for, like, especially if your kid's a huge Kid Omega fan. <laughs> yeah. I saw some, some talk about the thing online, and part of it saying that, like, it seems pretty clear which bits Victor Laval wrote and which bits Benjamin Percy wrote, but I think it, like, it works really well, especially for this first issue, where you're setting up where Sabretooth is at at the moment and where Wolverine is at at the moment to have like their like respective writers sort of like set up their whole deal in opposition to each other and then like come to a point by the end of the issue. Um I just thought that I, I thought it was pretty neat and I will be really interested to see how like how their writing like sort of meshes more um when there that like Sabretooth and Wolverine are occupying more of the same space um cause like they're not too different as writers but they both have like a fair amount of like distinctiveness to how they approach it you can see that uh Benjamin Percy dialogue writing when uh Quentin Quire says like three memes before he gets killed off (laughs) (laughs) like yeah he calls, he calls uh, Black Tom Wicker Man, and oh, then he, he goes through a whole Wicker Man riff. <laughs> he's 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 on it with the Wicker Man references. <laughs> Lord Samurail is it, it does he he makes a Not the Bees reference, I think. Yep, the the Not the Bees was the one where I was like, oh come on, like. I, I like the Wicker Man as much as the next guy, but uh, but not the bees is like a meme I haven't seen in ten years. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, not the bees I hate as a meme, like and always have, unfortunately, because it's I don't care. They're just bees, dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, also, oh. it's like the wrong Wicker Man, right? Like, it's the wrong uh, Wicker Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lord Lord Summerall's from the uh, the original. And he's yeah, Christopher Lee, he's great. Quentin needs you to know he's seen both Wicker Man movies <laughs> in this issue. <laughs> His last wish before he died was he that the audience knew he was a film bro and has a letterbox. I think he hasn't seen either. Like that's why he thinks that not the bees is in the same one as Lord Summerall. I mean, that would make sense. Like, I don't, I don't feel like Quentin takes time to watch movies while he's, think like, being poser, sent out yeah. by X-Force I, to murder people. I think people. he's just scrolling the reddits about, like... Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's doing the, like, psychic equivalent of scrolling the reddit, where he just, like, looks at how other people who watched it <laughs> feel, and True. goes, like, yeah, all right, I get the gist of it. Yeah, like, in the, um, in the last Immortal issue, when Professor X was, like, I'm ha- I'm hacking into the brains of six hackers in South Korea. Yeah. Quentin's like 
uh, reading the minds of the red letter media guys (laughs) at all times. I've got a direct link to the six angriest redditors right now, and I'm and I'm I'm using all their skills to make Wicker Man references. Connecting to all of the letterbox power users whose reviews we all hate to see. But that is a that is an interesting parallel to Rise of the Powers of Ten because in that one it's gonna take you back to the past. Mm. Yeah. To uh find the shitty mutants that suck ass. Yeah, but uh rip to my son, he was a real one. He really Happy grew Quentin. in the series and now he's dead, so I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I can't be too sad because <laughs> his last act was anti-Irish racism, which yeah. can't stand for. <laughs> can't, can't be calling Black Tom British. Not on. The page where the, the saber teeth are like ripping into Quentin. Oh yeah, that's fucking is incredible. That's a, it's a grisly <laughs> page. And it's just like dead-eyed stare like i put the yeah, book down for a second i was like damn that's a lot like it's <laughs> nasty in a good way yeah it's a it's a really disturbing visual like it's it's the four like alternate universe saber tooths like really like ripping into like the this glassy-eyed quentin choir on the floor and in the background of the thing taking up the rest of the panel is just a cheering mob of headless corpses of Sabretooth. It's... Yeah. Uh, it kind of rules. It feels like the artists were, like... You know, because it's two different artists, like, a different one for the first half and the second half, and they're, like, in competition who can make the nastiest visuals. Yeah. (laughs) I respect that. Yeah, because the, the, the happy birthday message at the end is another, like, peak nasty visual. Yeah. That got and me. And the guy getting ripped in half. Yeah, oh, the, the, guy the hands half just through the chest. He doesn't even get a name. That poor guy, he was cool <laughs> looking, too. Like, he was, like, some sort of bug dude. I liked yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, uh, potential, potential hope for Quentin Choir. Um... I think there's a non-zero chance that the the, the the little psychic laser box that Sabretooth is carrying around. Oh yeah, that's made of his pieces for sure, yeah, right? Like that's his like, brain in a box. Yeah, or or maybe his head, you know, something something like that. Yeah. Oh my god, if Quentin as just a talking head would make <laughs> so many people so angry, and I would. <laughs> Eat it up. That would be good. Do a do a wick div. Yeah. On him. It is just a green lantern lantern as well that they put Quentin in. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess is just a lantern. It is just you a know. Lantern, yeah. But this is comics. You're gonna I'm gonna make the comparison. Hey, we get um we get Laura and uh, Akihiro dialogue this this issue. That's uh, exciting. Yeah, they both get nice moments with their dad <laughs> before yeah. everything goes to shit. This is some this is some good um uh estranged father Wolverine stuff. Like it's it's the one day of the year, his birthday, where he's like, Oh damn, I care about my kids. 
um, because he's terrified. I better have both of them by the end of this issue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope uh, neither of them get ripped to shreds. Neither my biological children nor my adopted child, who's not a head in a box at this point. (laughs) I think we get it explicit. Oh, yeah, it's it's made textual in this by Black Tom. He's like, no, he sees you as one of his kids. Yeah, Yeah, which is nice, because you were talking about that just last episode. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think, like, Wolverine really is, as a father figure, is, like, one of my favorite versions of Wolverine. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, for my sure. own desire to have a daddy, but... <laughs> I think it's much more interesting. Why like, the fuck not, you know? <laughs> it, it, it gives his character a lot more, like, uh, depth than a lot of other yes. takes on him do. I think it's similar to, like, Batman as well, where there's a lot of like, um, that the tension between who he is and what he's doing and what he wants to like, wanting the kids to be better and wanting like to be able to teach them, um, and then accidentally dragging them into all this shit. It's like, yeah, it's it's a really good tension and it leads to really good moments when he is able to be like heartfelt and you know, break through his own gruffness to actually talk directly about his feelings a little bit. Yeah. This is also, I think, uh, a take that, like, uh, meshes really well with how Benjamin Percy writes Wolverine, especially because Benjamin Percy's pretty heavy on Wolverine's internal dialogue and has been throughout the series. So, like, getting to see his internal thoughts where he says, like, together we had a shot at no other word for it happiness and then seeing like the like the previous pages where he has like had very like comparatively like stilted like removed conversations with his children which he considers like a huge source of happiness with for himself like it it really hits that kind of the the difference between his thoughts and his actions and uh, in in a in a good way. Yeah, and, and I think like Benjamin Percy focuses a lot on the uh, Wolverine being like, I'm so fucked up and evil, and you know I've done all these terrible things. And I think one of the areas that sort of stuff works best for me is when it's in relation to, and and my children are better than me, and I love that for them and about them. And I hope I can, they can continue to be better than me, you know? Um, it's, it's like, yeah, it's a time where it just hits really well for me. I did not pick up on any of the hints in this issue. I did not realize it was his birthday until the last page. Yeah. <laughs> like, I go, the, like, the second that, like, the last page reveal happened, I was like, oh, of course it is. <laughs> They have literally been dropping hints like every other page that it's his birthday. Of Laura literally has a wrapped birthday present for exactly. him. <laughs> and I was like, how do they not pick up on this beforehand? No, yeah, it, the same thing happened to me. <laughs> I like misread that panel as him giving her a present. I was like, oh, it's Laura's <laughs> birthday. <laughs> and then the next page is like, no, oh no, okay. Yeah. 
And it's the, this isn't the, the comic's fault. This is, I was, I was not <laughs> registering the very clear hints that are in there. Yeah. But it's also, it's like, well, look, now, now you do know, and then you can look back at it and be like, oh yeah, okay. I, yeah, I, it took me a bit to catch on for sure. I don't know if it was like on the last page. Wasn't on the last page. You definitely noticed it before, but yeah. Oh, the one of the things that's not related to the art and the writing, which were really good and not really related to the comic in any way at all beyond being in it. Um, having the back panel be like, "Hey, catch the continuation of the story in these comics," and having it literally. It's just a list of the next ten issues in this series. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Why can't why can't why not do this for like all of them? Like here is this this is gonna happen over the next ten issues of this series. Like we're just getting another writer on who will write parts of it. Like the event lives here. Um I mean that's how they used to do a lot of storylines in like the nineties. They would be like this 12-part series is happening now. Yeah. Um, and each like issue would tell you which part of the, the series it was, you know? Yeah, it gets a little, like, I think the downside is it gets a little sticky in continuity with, like, the other ones, like the fact that this happens after X-Force and things like that, but that already happens in comics anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, it happens after X-Force, but before... Rise and fall. So, hmm. um, I don't know. I don't 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 think too hard about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, okay. On page, yeah. There's an earlier page where the narration says the Wolverine narration says, uh, "Sabertoon had his had this sick tradition of bringing me pain for my birthday." So when Laura was giving that present, I was like, "Oh, so I definitely connected yeah, uh, it at that point." I mean, the first read through, I was like blazed out of my mind. So, like, <laughs> this is not the comic I would read blazed out of my mind. I'll be honest. Well, not like I don't know, a little blazed. Yeah, because like yeah, they should is... put a, an additional warning on it. Do not <laughs> read this blazed out of your mind. <laughs> this is your mind on Wolverine. <laughs> but yeah. It's it's good. I'm looking forward to the next to to, to all the way through to the end of the Sabretooth War. This is this it's going to be a lot up. of issues of Wolverine. Like I I really liked the way this started. I am a bit concerned about reading ten issues of Wolverine mm-hmm. uh, before the Lighting end of Crisis. Sabretooth. Yeah. Yeah. Like with him facing off against like the headless army directly in that last panel is what twist is going to make this story take yeah. longer than one big fight? You know, does anyone there's have gotta a, be something? Does anyone have a favorite no like guesses. multiverse uh, saber tooth that we meet? What? I think that the one that's just like fucking uh, Johnny from Mortal Kombat. He's just like the, the big movie oh, star yeah. is funny. The pretty boy. Yeah. Is what he's called, I think. Yeah. 
Oh, that's actually a thing. I, I, it's very funny how much the like start of this or the the like saber tooth bit at the start is. There's two separate times where he's like, someone suggests something. He goes, "I'm the one who does the orders around here." Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. Okay, let's do that rules. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, yeah. There's there's gonna be some. Uh, power struggle there of, you know, Sabretooth Prime not quite staying in control, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. And I do want, like, I kind of forgot how the whole Exiles thing ended up. Yeah, yeah. me too. Like, I feel like I should go back and read the last, like, issue or two. <laughs> because I forgot I forgot that Sabretooth left them. But yes. they, the, the people they were rescued still think of Sabretooth as a hero. Right? Or did he fully abandon them? So yeah, and they're presumably still on Earth. I believe it ended at the point where one of the exiles is trying to convince the people they rescued that Sabretooth isn't a hero. Um, yeah. And it was sort of like... like and he'd we'll taken continue. off at that point. Yeah, he, he'd gone off on his like multiversal satellite, whatever it is. Uh, or yeah. Orcus Station 5. Yeah, so we got, like, I assume we're checking in on the Exiles at some point as well. I Yeah, really probably. I hope so. I want to know what Melting Boy's up to. Yeah, yeah, we have we have a good bit of issues left, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like you need that many people to make it a full-scale war. Yeah. <laughs> like... Um, yeah, I don't have I don't have much else to say about this one. Solid setup, great art, good writing. I'm hopeful. Next week's cover looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool so, as hell. <laughs> Wolverine's head on a platter with candles on top of it. That's sick. <laughs> Full of the House of X issue one. Written by Jerry Duggan, art by Lucas Vernick, colours by Brian Valenza. Cyclops is put on trial by Orcus in Paris. He refuses to participate in the trial and is judged guilty, which Orcus feels enough of a PR victory to start fully exterminating all mutants left on Earth. Wolverine, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Rasputin 4 were meant to rescue Cyclops during the trial. Rasputin 4 is called to join Xavier at the last minute, spoiling their plan. Nimrod attempts to kill Krakoa, but the island gets up and runs away. The rest of the mutants begin their full-scale war on Orcus around the world. The opening of this issue would be better if it didn't have narration. <laughs> if you just gave me the dream sequence, the images, and just... like I think it would be a banger opening. You're it, working like, with Lucas Wernick here. Like you don't, you don't want to cover up his art with boxes. And Jerry, Jerry is writing the scene still. It's not yeah. like he's still doing the cool, like coming up with the cool images he's and not uh, in collaboration. Paid it's really words. just like, like Jerry Duggan's like tick is over overwriting. Uh, but narration and almost everything. But this is a this is a tick you pre picked up like a year ago, maybe. Like, I don't remember there being this much narration on on his Marauders or Cable. Like, it's just I, maybe it's like 
an editorial thing because this is like the main X book that they're just like I you think have it to is. over explain everything because like it's also happening in Iron Man, which is oh, I I definitely think that's a factor in it. It's just like literally I like read this first and was like well whatever and then it's like i read i reread it earlier today and i was just like this opening dream sequence would like really hit if it just didn't have narration i think it would be much cooler um and would be like an interesting choice instead of which it's still cool but it's just like i don't know i'm I agree with you. My my, my part's been said about the narration, but... (laughs) I guess I'm just not blaming Jerry anymore. (laughs) It's where I'm at. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care if it's his fault or not. It's just... It's it's overdone, but oh well. No, but I agree. Like, (laughs) the thing about this issue is, uh, about Fall of the House of X, is, is that it it feels so slight compared to like both the original House of X and Rise of the Powers of Ten. It's very just like okay, we're starting the big fight. Yeah, yeah. Here's a he, it's but but it's also it really feels like an event book in in a bad way. Yes, it feels well, like I mean, a, not not in that bad way. I I, I liked it, but it's. Yeah. I, I think it, it even feels like like almost feels like a tie-in to its own event. Like it's here's the here's the battle that doesn't really matter, right? Because we mm. learn like both here already when like uh Rasputin is being called away by Charlie and like even more so in Rise of the Powers of Ten that yeah. There's a there's a different battle that's more I think it's too habits. early to say that this battle won't matter, though. Like, I don't think Charlie's plans in, in Rise of the Powers of X are necessarily going to come to fruition perfectly, you know? Oh, for yeah, sure. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, and yeah. it's like, even if you do stop the Dominion, you still need to stop Orcus. Yeah. Um. So, like, yeah, I, I, I do think it'll be important. It's just... Yeah, it just at this point, uh, the defeating Orcus just doesn't feel like I don't know. Like Orcus at this point, compared to how like powerful they felt at the Hellfire Gala, I think at this point Orcus just look kind of stupid. Like there's there's the bit where. Uh, where Nimrod is trying to attack Krakoa, and then Krakoa Nimrod just, like, gets fucking chomped. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine, but like you, you, we were meant to, we were led from like House of X, like the original House of X, to believe that like Nimrod and uh, fucking Omega Sentinel, they're the real threat. Like the AI is the real threat. The robots like are the real threat. So. It just feels like, okay. Yeah, and I guess Enigma being revealed as, like, this big threat, too, is kind of a deflation of Orcus as well. You know, because we just have a cooler villain in the other series. (laughs) Also, like, back in in Before the Fall, Before the Fall, Sons of X, Nimrod was fighting Legion. 
Nimrod was was going toaster with Legion and like Legion was like, damn, I can't I can't like I can't necessarily even beat this guy for long enough for it to make like a real difference. And like he just gets gooped. And Krakoa just gets up and legs it. it like I I get that like the context is probably different or something, but it feels so the, the, the Nimrod written here feels so much less threatening than Nimrod has up until this point. Wasn't there a whole bit in, like, uh, Hickman's X-Men where they kept, like, sending Mystique on suicide missions to try to stop, like, Nimrod from going online? Yeah. As it was a whole thing. I do... Uh... As always, love when they say the fastball special is the first mutant circuit. Yeah, I think it's the yeah, funniest that's thing. Great. I mean, this and, is really a great like issue for like nostalgia towards other X Men eras, like <laughs> within itself. You know, because they're getting back together like the the nineties end of Claremont group of X Men for the most part, um, and like having all everybody's faves team up to save Cyclops. Yeah, this is. It's 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 great for that. It's great for callbacks. This issue's got a got yeah. a ton of callbacks. Yeah. No, like it's like in comparison to like where we started, where we are does not like it's not cohesive in a way that is ideal. Yeah, like if you just want to see your favorite X Men character kick ass, then sure. This is yeah, <laughs> like, that's what this is good for. Yeah. And like Lucas Warnock's art is is similar to Jim Lee's to a certain degree, like, not at all in a thousand different ways, but, like, also it is, like, reminiscent of, like, a streamlined, like, 90s-era art style where it's not over-textured and, like, there's, like, a cartoonish but realist element to it at the same time. Yeah, it's got some of the the heavy shading as well. Um, Um... Uh, the 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 sequence of Colossus and Wolverine doing the fastball special and all of that is like beautifully drawn and a really cool like well executed little sequence. Um, it it doesn't. I feel thought that like... was a really good like start, and then then we have the tree stuff, and that is, yeah, that was uh, that was so confusing to me. It felt like way out of left field. Yeah, it's. Yeah, because if we had just had, like, our Recta team of mutants, right? Like, that is that is a fun thing to follow of, like... And then it doesn't even need to be, like... Then we can be like, yeah, this isn't necessarily the battle that matters, but, like, we're, you know, we're rooting for the underdogs here or whatever. Like, that's that's cool. But, yeah, like, Krakoa, the island, as... I feel like the island doing kaiju shit is something we already got, like, better in X-Men Red. Like even if it was yes. Karaoke yeah. or something, but how do you feel about Cyclops in this issue? Because I've seen, like, uh, I read someone who was like, I think Cyclops is like really unlikable in this issue, and like arrogant. That's fine. <laughs> I think Cyclops is never like. I think Cyclops is 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 good when he's written unlikable. He's like. <laughs> like intentionally not playing the game like of course he looks arrogant and unlikable like that's part of his point he shouldn't have to look likable to be innocent you know 
And I, I really like the conversation with uh, Dr. Gregor and Omega Sentinel of like one, first of all, like, you know, yes, we've, we've both, we're on opposite sides, but we've both like experienced grief and we, you're not as confident as you think you are. And also, uh, just a really pointed, like, uh, Omega Sentinel fucking, like, is going to turn on you, is going, to, like, the AI is not on your side. Um, also, Lucas Wernick draws every woman with really dark lipstick that looks black. Um, and it's just a thing I've been noticing recently, and I think it looks very good, but it's just every woman. I didn't, <laughs> like, I didn't pick up on that, yeah. It's like, when it was um, like Celine in Immortal, I was like, oh yeah, well, of course that, that yeah. fits her. But it's like, Omega Sentinel and Dr. Gregor both have it here. Yeah, like, which she does have, uh, she just titty. has like a dark red, but it is it looks almost black, yeah. It, it looks black in like half the panels. Yeah, and in the other uh, half, it's like noticeably dark red. Rest, rest. I think it looks cool. I it does <laughs> I have look no cool. Complaints. Yeah, I'm just it's if, funny. It, it is interesting. Yeah, if there's got to be artist quirks, like that's a very like you know, I don't. I'm not bothered by that. Um, but yeah, I like I like that. I like when Cyclops is like being a wife guy for his. Uh, he's a dead wife guy, which is fun. He's a dead wife like, guy. He's, and like, he's also like uh, my wife is God guy, kind of. Yes. <laughs> like, Almost literally like, he's saying this. Like, yeah, I, a higher power, my wife. Like, yeah. yeah, and you know, she might be dead, but like it's not the first time, so. Yeah. It's like yeah. the opposite of Judas is Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> In this issue, compared to the biblical story of Jesus. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, I think I... I get, the, I get the spirit, anyway. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, Holly, do you have more points written down? I don't have notes for these issues. I have a few points. Um, the, the, my other thing on Cyclops is uh, I much prefer when Cyclops is written as arrogant and unlikable, yeah. but nonetheless right. Um, it's it's. I much prefer it to him being like a, a nice team leader. I prefer him being kind of um, abrasive, uh, and so I, I I appreciated this Cyclops. It makes me like the character more. <laughs> yeah, like if Cyclops is is not a bit of a dick, then like what is his character? Like there yeah, is just absence yeah. of character. Um. See the uh, Wolverine half melted is some great art. Um, after he gets flamethrowered, I oh, just really yeah. like it. Absolutely incredible! I, th- like I feel that like it's like everyone too. That whole page is great. Everyone who gets on an X book with Wolverine, they're like, "All right, how long until I get to draw him like ex- extremely yeah. incredibly <laughs> fucked up?" <laughs> it's like here, it's like eighteen pages, great. Great job. Nailed it. Yeah, they're so they're so excited. They're gonna keep like accidentally leaking that they're working on it. <laughs> I yeah. I think I would have I think I want I wanted this issue, I think, to be more Cyclops based. Because we get quite a lot of like 
non-Cyclops stuff. Which 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 is, is is fine, but the fact that like we get him defending himself in the trial or like more specifically saying I will offer no defense and all of that. But like we cut away to all these other different events. It feels weird that we don't see what Orcus is actually saying about him. They're just like Trial done. Um Cyclops guilty. Time to kill everyone. Yeah, it, and it's really mask off after the trial that they're just like immediately like announcing to the world we are going to like finish off the genocide, lads. Like, just uh, you can help us out if you want. That's kind of the it's it, it's an ex, it seems extreme, but also that kind of works as like it's it's also a catalyst for like humans to join in the fight against Orcus if they're being so mask off and like yeah I mean it's it's more believable with the way our news cycle is working in the real world and how there's yeah. kind of literally like a genocide going on on our news every day you know like I'm not gonna like keep going into the <laughs> that side of things but like like I am more accepting of the fact that Orcus would go mask off this quickly yeah. and over something so so s- silly like a, a trial where they're only like getting like maybe a quarter of what they want out of cyclops yeah i don't know i think like how many issues is this series it's gonna be five yes. or is uh, it ten six i think yeah i think it's six each, okay because yeah. it's it would be the same as okay that's pr- i mean yeah. i just like i think if this were like a ten issue i think we would get the full like issue two or whatever is the trial dr gregor um by my count, by my brief googling, I don't think she's actually turned up in a comic since like 2020. That makes sense. On I, page, I, which is I feel like she's been around sometime, but there's just so many guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, she's probably been on Marvel Unlimited uh, or X Men Unlimited a few times, like. Uh, I, I feel like she popped up in the recent Firestar arc on X-Men. No, that was Moira. Yeah, Moira was there, but I thought she was also in, like, one of them, maybe? No, probably not. Maybe she was, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not gonna dig for it. Maybe there were other plans, because this is... um, I believe we know this, that, like, this is shorter, like, the fall of X that we have. Um, is shorter than originally intended. Like this is earlier than the original. Than originally, this was going to have the the fall of X section was going to go on for longer than this before it got to the uh, fall of the House of the Powers. Um, so it might be because of that, but like it does really feel like we could have got like Doctor Gregor doing something for Orcus, like instead of any any of the other orcas people yeah have her do the iceman stuff instead of making a pequod you know yeah something like that throw throw this character a bone please she needs it <laughs> yeah like her role in the original like house vex and x-men stuff of mm. like you know like their husband dying and being uploaded to Nimrod and all that shit is like 
good and like uh does good work to make her like in some ways sympathetic because the x-men did show up and just kill her husband um and they were right to but like you know you could still know why she's mad um and then yeah she she, she really hasn't done anything i really like this uh, uh the end here though um like oh yes when polaris pops off last couple of pages please slap. let's get into that yeah the last the last like three pages are <laughs> great yeah, yeah she has been just like depressed off panel mourning her father for for like over a year now and we finally get to see polaris come through and it's good to see the like the like brute stuff come back from like when was that? Like it, right that was before, like a year ago yeah, as like well. right before fall or something. Right before the fall. Well, honestly, like when that was happening, I didn't understand. Like that is like because of the nature of a serialized work like happening over such a long course of time. I did not understand that uh, Cyclops wanting to genocide the Brood versus Gene not wanting to was the main conflict that led into their marital issues. Um like no i think uh, it wasn't. so it was nice to get that like reminder <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so for, from from it's not you know like particularly subtle i feel like we're we're leading up to a big gene return at some point in this series oh yeah <laughs> like <laughs> Well, when they try to kill Cyclops, she's gonna show up and stop it. That's what happens in the dream. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally what happens in the dream at the beginning. Like, uh, Brew is talking about Jean. Um... Oh, you know what? Jean does not have the black lips. What? Good, good for her. Where, where, <laughs> where is Jean in this? Oh, in the dream sequence. sequence at the oh. very beginning. Yeah. And like we're, we're having like a lot of fun. They, they hadn't invented they hadn't invented black lipstick back in Wild West times. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, it's I was just thinking. like purely a lighting it's... thing, you know, yeah. like the sun is just like overwhelming. <laughs> but you're probably right. Also the fact that the next the like next the stuff that comes after Krakoa has currently been like teased with from X-Men from the Ashes, like From the Ashes. I feel like we're getting something very Phoenix based at the end of Krakoa. Yeah, yeah they're there's dro- more to say about hints. that in Rise as well. Oh true. Yeah. If this was called anything else apart from Fall of the House of X, yeah. I would think decent first issue of an event comic. Not perfect, but there's enough here to like make me feel excited for the event. Like, the last page rules, Polaris is there with the brood, Cyclops is having a dream sequence, and we're talking to Nimrod and Krakoa and all of that, but it's called Fall of the House of X, and that really invites comparisons to House of X, and and it's not it doesn't look good compared to House of X, and it's hard to look good compared to House of yeah. X. Which started with, like, a banger of a first issue. 
Yeah. I mean, it's really like if if back when like Grant Morrison was writing the books or something, someone had to just like resolve all of his stuff three years later yeah. with like nine <laughs> other writers tacked on. Like it's just like such a such a hard task to do. Like they they maybe shouldn't have invited the comparison, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it's like... Uh, like, I, I feel like I keep just bringing up logistics instead of, like, I don't know, like, engaging with the art as yeah. it's I think it's, it's right, presented. too, because I think it's unavoidable, especially for, like, this last bit. Some of this so clearly, it has been moved by, you know, the corporate machinery of Marvel. Yeah. In a- it's hard for Jerry Duggan to, like, pay, uh, pay off the promise of the title of Fall of House of X, because, like, you know, obviously, like... Hoxpox was like living from here's a bunch of new ideas that me and other people will be able to play with for the next couple of years right like that there's there's a lot more more freedom to introducing new ideas than to paying off past ideas uh, yeah. but that said you know uh Kieran Gillen did like a better job in his we'll talk about it in a second but like I think Rise is both, both like, how do I put it? Like, this doesn't really feel distinct enough from the Jerry Duggan X-Men book up to this point. Uh, in a way that, It does that, kind of like, just feel like a, another issue of X-Men, yeah. you're not wrong. Which, Which we're it, also just gonna get another issue of X-Men in a couple of weeks, so it's kind of yeah, I think like, weird there as well. Okay, yeah, in two um, weeks, yeah. But it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't get... Oh no, it's actually next week. I don't get why the main X-Book is still going on. It's, it's a weird sure. choice. Uh, I mean, I, it just feels like they're damning like, the, ma- the, the book called X-Men to be the filler issues, like to be the filler book, which is not... Not what you want to do. I'm like genuinely curious if we're gonna get the next X Men issue, and it's gonna be like Asterix, like takes place before <sighs> no Fall Rise. Okay, it's just, I mean, it's like just Rogue like after team. reading Wolverine, I have that concern. And the I, otherwise, there's no reason the, for it. Uh, the last like X Men issue had that tease where it's like. Uh, that was like, uh, find out what happened to Sink and Talon. Oh, yeah, you're right. X-Men. Yeah. So it's probably gonna. Yeah, like... I'd forgotten that context. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a. The preview for that is already up, so I might as well look at it. Um, okay, there's some. Uh, is that a high evolutionary? I don't know. Yeah. Sink and Talon find themselves once more besieged by the High Evolutionary and his creations to reap the consequences of their last encounter. Yeah, that feels like totally... Oh, that's not... (laughs) That's not... Yeah, that does feel like it'll be before. It just feels like totally not like what what the current... Yeah, there's like... If you scroll down here, there's like... They're still in there. Like, I'm looking at the preview. It is going to be drawn by Phil Noto, so it's going to be like... Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) worth like looking at at least um it's like spider-man is in it they're still like downstairs in their like little 
basement. I mean, I feel like the High Evolutionary is more of a Spider-Man villain than a X-Men villain. Uh, he's like a Scarlet he's Witch and of... Quicksilver villain, kind of. Oh, is so... he? Is that where he well, comes from? I don't know. Because just... <laughs> no, because he's their dad. Oh, I see. Oh, he's their real dad. That's who it is. <laughs> he's the one who made them. I don't remember the full context, right. but he make he's... it Magneto again, please, in the next round. Actually, <laughs> make it biologically Magneto again. Yeah, I don't know. It's. <laughs> Like, I would think that would be so funny if they just went back to Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver being mutants at the end of like they have a mini series going on right now, right? Don't they? Yeah, it's about started to start. Yet, but yeah. I think it's in a little bit. What if that's what it was about? It's just like all lead up to <laughs> Resurrection of Magneto. I it's feel like, like he's our real dad again. I feel like if it were tied into the X line, they would have announced it because they put the. Oh yeah, absolutely! It's the, gonna be its own deal. <laughs> they put the fall of X thing on like all the like Iron Man issues as well. So no, I'm just, I'm just. Really... Yeah, no, I, I, I guess it's yeah. No, I it's, know, I know. Yeah, it's just like having a, a having a high evolutionary like as the. As the villain of the next main X book, just feels so weird. Why this? While this like big event is happening, but yeah, it's it's almost like it almost makes the event feel like a little bit of a consolation prize for Krakoa going away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I know, and like I, it's like Marvel being like, I know you guys all really like this. I know you like it. You can't have it. We're going back to the mansion, <laughs> but. I mean that's fine. You can have six issues of these other things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you know Krakoa needs to end. Like it's 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 yeah, a story that started in Hotspots, and it's I I don't think it would be good if it just goes on forever, like spinning its wheels. So I do think it it does need an ending. But yeah, I was just uh, I was just thinking we'll uh, we'll need to change our theme music with just like. Editing the word mansion where Caroline is sitting island. <laughs> she is she on like cameo or anything? We can get her just... <laughs> there's a there's a Bruce Springsteen song called Mansion on the Hill, so you could just like cut out the word mansion of that. <laughs> oh, that would sound so horrible. <laughs> um I mean, maybe just like each era, we pick a new song entirely. Oh, yeah. I had the note, like, Charles Sinister here for Fall, and then in Rise it becomes Charles Sinister exclamation point, because him, like, (laughs) ordering Rasputin 4 to abandon her her allies and just come straight to him, no questions (laughs) asked, is very, um, hmm... Someone else was in charge of Rasputin 4 for a thousand years and treated her like a tool. That's not great. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. head. Um, but yeah, we'll get more into that in actual Rise. Uh, where are we? Rise of the Powers of X by Kieran Gillen, art by R.B. Silva, colors by David Curiel. We are shown the timeline in which Stasis attempts to achieve Dominion by letting the AI members of Orcus summon their own Dominion and then using the Children of the Watch technology to erase its mind and replace it with his own. 
Rasputin the fourth tries to kill Stasis, but she's too late, and the Dominion is fully summoned and then consumed by Enigma. She returns to the no place where Charles and Doug have been running their attacks on the different Dominions. They now think their only hope is to kill Moira before she can manifest her powers at all, erasing Enigma, but also any hope that Krakoa will exist. Um, uh, this laps. Who do you guys think the other two members of Charles's little team are? Because I have a theory. Yeah. Oh, if I, I don't have theories. I have wild guesses, but yeah, I have, <laughs> I have my, two guesses. My well, out two, there, so we know. Yeah, yeah, my out there theory or guess is that one of the other two is gonna be Moira, but like original, like non-robot mm. Moira, and she's gonna fight against herself, and also she'll have to uh, consent to killing herself in the past. <laughs> I, yeah, my first thought when you said it there was like someone from Orcus somehow, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. Who would um, that be? I I think it's gonna be Tempest oh. and Manifolds. Manifold for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's like it's, that I, I don't think like it's gonna be like an out there thing. I think it's just gonna be like the two people that can combine their powers to help Charles time travel, like a group of people. Yes. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't even think that. about that. <laughs> that's that's the that's stronger than any idea that I had. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally <clears throat> thought about it while like came up with it while Janos was reading the description. Like it's just <laughs> okay. like I was just like, oh, there's two more. Oh, it's probably those guys. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that's definitely that feels very very likely to me. Yeah, um, uh, I think Kieran Gillen teased in the uh, in the recent interview that uh, that you're gonna know, you're gonna know the other two members in the next issue. So okay, but now that I've asked about the end of the issue, do we want to go back to the beginning? How did we feel about this? Alternate timeline, Doctor Stasis. Oh, it was very man. cool. <laughs> I, I love yeah. this, 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 this like uh, sort of fake out future start because it it, it like got me because uh, like the first yeah bit, I believed it wholeheartedly yeah, that there was going to be Clayton Cowles is off his time. shits here with the with the kick letterings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Nimrod here. Nimrod's good here. Uh, Nimrod yeah. looks so cool here. Well, Nimrod and... looks sick. He's being he's... weird. Like Yeah, he's like childish and also horrific, which is like Yeah. He's uh, he's just like, yeah, we we won. We won. Don't worry about it. He's rooting for the robots and Terminator, which is like Tomorrow we become our god. I don't know. There's like it feels like Kieran Gunn is like one of the very, very few who can like put in pop culture references in a way that like it feels in character and it doesn't feel like you know? Like yeah. uh I think you Kid have Omega to use going them, like, off for three pages about the Wicker Man. And slyly, yeah. It was just like too much Wicker Man all at once. <laughs> pick one of the three references. Uh, a Mega Sentinel also good here. I like that we get a Mega Sentinel's um, House of X. Is it House of X that we find this out, or is it Inferno? Inferno. Inferno. Um, um, like a little recap of her Inferno reveal that 
is from a timeline where the mutants won, and she's here to make sure that they don't. Uh, I like just having that back on the brain again, <clears throat> and also be saying in my in my future. The Phoenix Fire is what killed the Dominions. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, like, yeah, because I kind of did refresh myself on, in, in hers, it's like, they, they use the Phoenix Fire to kill all the Dominions, except the one that sent her back, yes. which is the Trickster Dominion. The Trickster Dominion, which... Which could, ne- could be a Sinister, could be Enigma in some form, or it could be something else yeah we don't, we don't really know labeled ambiguously i believe uh like rather than being aligned with the dominion we already know about <clears throat> um really like mystique and gambit here for the for the two pages oh my god gambit's last gambit being that he charges his own body with his power and then launches himself at something is great yeah, yeah. Rules. Like, doing a self fastball special essentially <laughs> And like th- this, this mystique doesn't work without X with without X Men Origins Blue. This yeah. would feel really like uh, like a, a complete turn for mystique that you wouldn't expect. <laughs> yeah. But if we've had ten years of you know Gambit fighting alongside her, and also she's you know she knows the truth about her own history and is a bit softer in that way yeah. then it really it works and it's a very nice moment um and that she still kind of insults him a little bit like you were a good son-in-law despite everything yeah <laughs> um to talk about gambit destiny himself and more about the this doomed timeline stuff like this first part is doing a lot of the some things that i, I think are really fun about doomed timelines which is like seeing a character go all out in a way that would usually, like, kill them or go beyond the constraints of, like, having a normal superhero comic where you've got to reset stuff next week. (laughs) Um, like, Mystique finally being quite nice to Gambit, um, and Gambit detonating every atom in his body. Yeah. It's also just like all the the doom timeline, like people fighting desperately for uh, uh, a future or a past that they might never see, and never they they like, you know, those like sacrifices. The way that like every everyone dies here, uh, on one last like desperate attempt. Um, it's like. Because they're future versions of these characters, we do have a bit of attachment to them, but they're still kind of just new characters in a little bit. Yeah. And that you can just get, like, a few panels, and then they go, like, all right, I'm going to go sacrifice myself <laughs> to save the universe. And then I'm like, ah, oh, good, good stuff. <laughs> like, well done. And this is something that uh, original Powers of Ten was also... had a lot of compelling stuff in this arena of thing we get what is later revealed to be our fake out t- fake out team like uh all, all the previews we've been talking about how we think this is going to be like yeah. the team we follow perfect bit of fake out you know it's these five are just part of this doomed timeline actually we're following 
the other the the Professor X and Doug and all of that. Um, Sink and becoming two others. a Professor X is 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 neat. I like that. Yeah, oh yeah, that I... scene is so cool, especially like his sacrifice when he becomes Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sinks with Apocalypse's powers and just beats the shit out of Nimrod. <laughs> no, and I love these like. I love these like little. I mean, this is this is sins of sinister stuff. Like that, this had a lot of that as well. Like these little, uh, just, just vignettes of like what happened in this future that you know leaves leaves it all to you to imagine. Like, uh, yeah, it leaves you wanting more in a way where your brain starts cooking without even realizing. Kitty Pride that, you know? ate a death seed, and yeah. does does a death seed make you big? Like, what's What's that about? So I looked this up this morning, because I didn't know. <laughs> um, I looked it up death, last week. <laughs> a Death Seed is like the... Is the... What are they called? The, the Celestial that, technology. Yeah. It's a celestial thing that Apocalypse ate, and that's what made him into Blue Evil Man. Because uh-huh. um, before that, he was just like a regular mutant. And then, like, after he dies, it essentially gets passed on to someone else, unless that person hasn't passed it on properly, because there's, like, an arc, I guess, where Archangel is becoming Apocalypse, yeah. essentially. And so I think what's being implied here is that Kitty has eaten it after, like, this world's Apocalypse was killed. Great. Love That's that. I know the Death Seed is that the, uh, <laughs> the, the X-Force arc where uh, Archangel is becoming a version of Apocalypse because he's been infected by it. We've been talking when the when this issue was previewed or like when the series was announced, like we've been speculating who's gonna be in the Tony Stark suit and it turns out it's <laughs> it's nobody. I think I said AI. I think I said AI, yeah. AI at some point. I remember uh, I remember I remember Kiwi giving a prediction that's similar to this. Because this, the, he did this before when uh, after Civil War Two, he was dead for a while, and that's when Ironheart showed up, and he was just in, he was just AI in a suit helping her out. Um, I really love that it's like Iron Man parentheses AI, Captain Krakoa parentheses Kamala Khan, and then it's just like Wolverine parentheses Wolverine because he's <laughs> just, it's just Wolverine. He's still just here. Yeah. It's really neat. I love their attack on. Is it? No, they're not on the forge. They're on Phobos. That's what it is. Uh, where I got the idea that maybe this wasn't the timeline and the team we were going to follow is when they ask, Can you handle it, Tony? And he says, No, I can't. I'm sorry. And fucking explodes. It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. I was like, Oh, may- maybe this isn't the. <laughs> Maybe we're not following this team. <laughs> you see, to me, I was kind of... Well, it was like, after after the end of Immortal, I was like, okay, well, they're going to be like fighting across different timelines. So I kind of thought these guys would be like an issue or two. I didn't really think mm-hmm. they were going to be the whole, the whole time. But yeah. like, they do d- die remarkably quick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Stasis teaming up with the Children of the Vault, like the 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 like the reveal page of it is so good. 
the the where it becomes it, it moves from the uh, a more regular formal comic layout of of like your your square and your rectangle panels into into these hexagons uh which then lead into the circular opening of the vault door it's it's such a cool page <laughs> and also the little like uh once more stasis like being inserted into the past by he had a hand in like creating the children of the vault mm-hmm. which makes total sense because they are like scientific yeah. like post-human in the same way that uh like that's his his shit very directly um so it makes sense i like that they have to track down and kill sinister too in this timeline because they figured out that they can reset shit, that or that he can reset shit. Like they figured his secret out somehow, somewhere along the the way. I think that's very, very interesting. It rules, like, and um, I don't know. It it's not often I want to like read more of a dead timeline after it's been killed, but I do. Like I'm curious about like what all happened here, and like that's maybe that curiosity will fade. But like that's fucking good writing. It's all it is, yeah. We also get, like, ultimately, uh, Rasputin 5 stabs Dr. Stasis with the soul sword in front of Daddy Enigma. Um, And then we get uh, a Moira reset before the coolest data page we've had in a long fucking time. Yeah. Um, I want to briefly go back to the um the fact that in the vault stasis appears to have trapped the greatest minds of humanity inside some kind of like hell computer oh yeah that's so cool and you get to see like f- fucking valerie <laughs> reed right or valerie richards right in front and center it's screaming <laughs> uh, i really like how Karen Gillum writes dr stasis like with the um, so the AI are bringing their god here to beg to join it. Instead, let's do the human thing and just kill it. And <laughs> <laughs> then, like, the the image of the sun getting black holed uh, is really sick. And also, it's fun that it was, like, last issue we were like, oh, okay, well, we, we might not see what actually happened with yeah. this, the yeah. like stasis thing, but it's just cool to have that. And then it's like, oh, it's also cool to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, no huts up. More so than any issue in a while, I think. Uh, the art on this, like, really, really stands out. Like, a lot, a lot of these, a lot of this stuff wouldn't be as cool or interesting as it was without like the spectacular art, uh, and it really is impressive. Like the the like art of suns exploding and these like faces screaming into like the void and and seeing sink go apocalypse and. I can't compliment the art on this one enough, really. <laughs> it's just really good, like, sci-fi art, like, uh, in a way, like, when, when you know, Kieran Gunn took on Eternals, and he was like, yeah, I'm 
I'm doing this because Esa Dribich is gonna be on the art and he's like the best fantasy artist that Marvel has and I feel like in, in a similar way like R.B. Silva is like such a good like sci-fi uh, artist like the way he yeah. draws these uh, like space like um, the, the like page turn to haggard uh, fucked up sinister yeah and he still looks really good like <laughs> it's just the the art there is fantastic this uh wolverine sinister reset moment reminds me of um one of the uh timelines of powers of 10 i think it's where the mutants have all been exiled to like uh, a garden and like Effectively, the last two mutants are just Moira and Logan, and Moira reveals like her her, her powers to Logan, and Logan kills her uh, in one of the attempts to like get towards Krakoa. Um, this really reminded me of that. Uh, with except this time, uh, obviously, you're killing Sinister. That's a part of how Enigma works, or it becomes formed anyway is because yeah it does, it's using it, the moira system moira the moira engine like essentially supercharged the amount of data it could absorb um or had the opportunity to absorb rather yeah um and it, it's so cool that it's like oh yeah this is just happening in like dozens of different universes like they're being destroyed by dominions and then enigma is just like feeding it into itself and it. becoming <laughs> just eating, him, eating yeah. him um yeah it's like we didn't we didn't need to see what the dominion looks like but this panel of like the big head <laughs> with the crown on it is just so cool I just like made out of stars and like it is the universe. Yeah. <laughs> the final bit of um like Sync sacrifices himself turning into apocalypse and uh then Kitty sacrifices herself doing one last fastball special. The the final act of mutant kind is one last fastball special. Uh, I like that like parallel of uh like fall reiterating that the fastball special is like the start and then rise having the fastball special be like literally the last thing mutant kind does mm -hmm. <laughs> in this timeline before being destroyed yeah um, it's really good yeah that's sick um the data page the best data page we've had in ages of yeah. the battlefield of the rise of the powers of x i'll say the like the one in red that uh, was Storm, and it was, like, uh, photocopied. Yes. That one probably tops this one. Yeah. But this is a close but, second. I mean, I this, think... This is, this is, like, going back to original Hawksbox. This is, like, the core, like, yeah. This data, is pages. The data pages. Yeah, I think it has, core. like, a data page that is, like, a page that contains data, right? <laughs> yes, like yeah, in absolutely. The, in the pure, like, actual meaning of the words, like, I think this is the first, like, real data page we had in forever. It wasn't, like, a transcript or so of something. Yeah. Um, this is... Also, this is uh, I'm I'm surprised by how legible this makes the timelines. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It's essentially saying, like, you know how you were worried about all of those Moira timelines? Don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it also, like, uh, it's, I like how it, uh, you know, clarifies the sort of, like, positioning of, like, Enigma, the white hot room, and the no place. Um, it's, it's, like, this is, this is helpful data. Presented in an, yes. an, an, yeah. an innovative and aesthetically appealing way. <laughs> um, classic isn't the right word. It's not a classic data page, but like this is a data page as as they began in a very exciting like, way. It, it, this is a Hickmanian page. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm reaching for. Yeah. Um, like I think. The the storm page, or it wasn't storm. What was Genesis's rod called? Oh, annihilus. Uh, the annihilation, annihilation stuff. Yeah, that like annihilation data page was like I think the the pushing of the form is in trying to push it as far as you can. And we're talking about the fucking art of the data pages. Yeah. We are getting into it right now. Um, where this <laughs> is like an iteration. On, like, this is a classic data page. Yeah, you can say fucking yeah. classic data page. That's what it is. All right, I'm done talking about the data <laughs> I agree with you. I th- <laughs> one of the things that I was most interested in when I first started reading, uh, like, the Krakoan era was because I read, I don't know, some random, uh, probably, like, uh... Uh, not one of the main ones. One of the X Men's, I think, is the first one I read of the Cohen era. And like, I turned a page, and it had like this like data page, and it was part of the comic. And I was so excited that they were doing something like new and different with like the form that I immediately like went and like looked looked up like the rest of it because like it. it it's a, as as much as we complain about like how its use is it, it feels somewhat like overused or like repetitive when used in its like least interesting way of of just orcus paperwork or stuff like that. It it is something that like really adds to a comic when used innovatively, like the annihilation page. Like it adds so much potential to what the page can be, and. This is stuff that, like, indie comics and stuff have been doing for years and years and years, but, like, this is this is as mainstream as comics get, really. Like, this is X-Men, and it's it was being experimental again. And I really, 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 really hope that doesn't just go away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got um, into uh, superhero comics with, like... What like the Krakoa X Men era? So to me, it was like, oh, I guess this is what superhero comics do. Like they have pages in there that are just text. I th- I think the first thing I saw of the Krakoa era was the data page where everyone was like, oh look, Gene uh, Gene has doors into both of their bedrooms <laughs> <laughs> confirmed. Um, yeah, which is I, I didn't read any of it until like a year and a half later or something. But it's funny that that actually was like. The, the first time I was aware of, mm. like, Krakoa. Yeah, I, I really should read, like, has any of you read uh, the Black Monday Murders? It's, this, uh, I've, got, I've, I've got it as a little reminder to, to read it, because of yeah. the, the Karen Gillen interview where he said, like, the, 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 the Black Monday Murders is, is where Hickman, like, starts uh, 
using a lot of the stuff that ends up being used in uh, Hoxbox. Um, and uh, I previously read, uh, what the heck's it called? East of West. Yeah. And I know that the Black Monday Murders is like pretty much what he went on to right after East of West. East of West. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's not finished, and uh, we don't know when he's gonna write like the end of it. So that's 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 the only <laughs> thing that's keeping me from <laughs> reading it is that uh, that is currently doing other stuff. But yeah, yeah that's, uh, I mean, <laughs> Gillan said before, like when it came out, that this is like Jonathan Hickman at his like in his ultimate form. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm curious how he does the pages in that because uh, he doesn't. He doesn't do it in. He didn't do it in Gods. Uh, from what I heard, I haven't read Gods, and he didn't no. do it in Ultimate Spider-Man. Like everyone was, take everyone has taken it for granted that Hickman is doing data pages now. Uh, and I would love to see some spider webs like used as as uh, connections oh, yeah. between different things, but. Well, maybe we have to wait until he, you know, now now that he's actually Spider Man, oh, we can. That's true. We yeah, can we can do that it's next be a issue. Uh, I really like the aesthetic of the no place, of like yes, these eggs. What's these up dirty, with the eggs? Yeah. Dirty eggs. Mm-hmm. Is that are they dirty or are they like that? I'm not sure. Or are they are they like representations of timelines or something? Um. Maybe the other person is Egg, because these are eggs. Well, no, but we, that wouldn't make sense, because we know he's in yeah. the Dwight, Dwight White Hot, Hot room. room. Yeah. Though I do wonder if, like, next issue we get some White Hot Room stuff, or when do those stories connect, yeah. or is that just X-Men forever? But I would, I would hope there'd be some of it in... I think issue two has, uh, has the cover of someone pointing the gun at Moira. Uh, good, oh. good thing to be doing in general. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I, I do kind of like that we're just like, all right, yeah, like uh, Charles just like <laughs> went down to the no place and Doug maybe was just already there. I think I think Doug and Manifold were just there already hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Um. And like Doug being frustrated and i think this is like one of the most interesting parts of the comic because i feel like by charles finding a way to bring doug back into his fold here we are kind of seeing doug be pushed in a direction to act like charles and then charles gets to look like the good guy and i think charles does that with a lot of people he puts in like leadership positions is he will intentionally make them the bad guy to whoever's underneath them on whatever x team like he has that's why he butts head with storm so much is because like that won't work for storm yeah. you know or part of why he does all the reasons are and like <laughs> he is he is being quite sinister here yes um, oh yeah like i also it's... love the the ben day dots on uh doug as he leaves the room to inform everybody else what's going on yeah uh, it looks great and yeah. like the next page where it's all just like colored silhouettes is gorgeous. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and then the, the reveal that if you just kill Moira uh, back in the day, never happened. <laughs> Krakoa never happens. The Moira engine never happens. Enigma never happens. Yeah, I'm sure that's gonna work in the second issue of. <laughs> Five yeah. or six. Yeah. <laughs> Second issue. Yep. I don't this know. plan's gonna go off without a hitch. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure they're 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 gonna do something that would uh, completely wreck on the entire sixty yeah. year history of the X Men. Yeah, in an even more extreme way than Hawksbox did. I'm sure that'll happen. Okay, I was I was actually wrong. It's. Uh... It's issue three that has the cover of the gun pointing at uh, Moira. The second issue has like Rasputin uh, doing something. Uh, I, her design is cool in this as well. She has like a like I feel like it's like a slightly different outfit, but it's just like it kind of looks more like armor. Um, and like she's got like a, a pleated skirt sort of thing and like gauntlets. Um, maybe that's what she looked like in Sins of Sinister, and I just don't remember. But it's it's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I really like the the, the like arrows on the skirt, though. I think it, like like her whole outfit is like a bunch of essentially like triangles and squares being pushed together in a way that works really well. Um, yeah, it's, and like it's the yellow good. and black is always like done a really good job of like making bodies and X Men like very directional. You know, like you can always yeah. like tell like where they're positioned and where their force is going uh, because of, like, the black just, like, pushing it, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't think they should kill a child. Um, <laughs> I would not kill baby evil Moira. <laughs> yeah, I... Well. Uh... I don't support so that. you just want you want billions of people to die in the sin, sinister timeline. <laughs> find some other shit to do. <laughs> yeah, they're already dead. Like I'm not a time traveler. The there are. Uh, I just have a few other notes to go through. Um, uh, one is I like the reframing of Moira in this issue. Um, so we get like Moira in the Doomed timeline talk about how uh, all she ever wanted was to be on the winning side. Um, when she's when she's talking with the AI things, which like it's uh, again, it's one of the things where it's like you 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 like the initial idea of Moira has so much. It's it's a very open space for potential in what Moira is now, and then the, the like subsequent series like Inferno and the Fall of X and everything have given Moira a very specific AI direction, which seems to conflict with that. But I think like all I ever wanted was to be on the winning side. It does give like a it gives a through line. To, to Moira's motivations, even if it's not the most interesting one in the world, it makes a lot of her actions make sense, which I think is yeah good. It 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 like it's well, it kind of was the the tragedy of Inferno is like um Moira not being not being willing to believe that they've won, um and then. 
but this is the timeline where the mutants always win. But by <laughs> by her betrayal and stuff, she leads to the timeline where um, the AI win. So it's kind of yeah. Um, she's she, she's fucked some shit up. Um, yeah, I, I I like I like that bit more as well. Um, and the like Nimrod and Omega Sentinel, you know, scheming and being like, ah, fuck, there's a human coming. Everyone shut up. <laughs> Don't let out their, like, secret plans. Uh, I enjoy Enigma's narration so far. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you are merely watching how I won. Great stuff. Like, it's always so stupid to compare to, but, like, compared to the narration of, like, House of House of the Powers of Fall of the House of X, like it's just like this. This issue really only has narration, like on the places where it actually needs that, right? Um, and it like adds character and isn't just like there to explain what we see happening. Okay, are we done with Rise? I have one more thing to say, which is related to the the little interview that he talked, um, when he talks about with with I I I I always read it. I never know how to pronounce it. Apes Aap Comics, uh, who've been doing like an. I think you're supposed to know what it stands for, which I do not. Yeah, I I don't. I've never read the words underneath the letters. AIPT is how I would I always yeah. just think it also for some reason in my head I'm always like Asian America something <laughs> something which is because I think I think of like uh, what you, like Asian American Pacific Island American oh, sort yeah. of yeah. there's some big anagra- big acronym there and it, it gets okay, mixed the, up in my head you which is very stupid Yes. Yes. It's, uh, it's the first word action. No. You're, you're so far <laughs> off. Like, it started off like as a much smaller bo- blog uh, that was called Adventures in Poor Taste. Oh. Oh. Uh, I, I have heard that before. It's very, it's very different. I just looked this up before, but. Yeah. Um, they've been doing X Men Monday for like ages now, which is where they get like. They they have someone from the X office usually answer uh, fan questions about the X series. Um, I always are they, I didn't know they were always fan questions because I've read them a few times and this is the first time I actually noticed the formatting. <laughs> I think sometimes they have like specific ones. Like I think when they have like Jordan D White on, like he he has like some stuff that he says specifically. But um, anyway. The answer, the answer, the, I always enjoy reading Kieran Gillen interviews um, because uh, it feels like he can't help but um, talk more about anything he is asked about. Like, <clears throat> he's good at not giving away twists, but he will, like, uh, and, and this is something he's, he says about his own writing is like, he, he will often respond to, like, relatively simple questions with, like, an essay on what he thinks on the topic. And I love reading that. I, I think he I think he's got a lot of 
it's nice to see a little more into 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 his thoughts and the interesting one for me especially was the one asking about have real life AI developments changed how you write about it um, and his short answer was yes uh, and the longer one is him talking about Jonathan Hickman's initial concept of the Dominions with um, them being machines formed of the intelligence they're consumed a clear analogy of how models are made and so when Kieran's writing them, he's using language that evokes AI, and there's another part about how dominions are made, which I found really good. Um, yeah. Uh, it's talking about Enigma, um, uh, and he talks about how Enigma was always his idea for an antagonist for the series from the initial part of his pitch. Um, and uh, he talks about the thing about Dominions is they came from somewhere. At some point they were made, growing from world minds to titans to Dominions. Someone decided to take all these intelligence and make them one thing. Who does that? Some were good people, maybe. I don't think most of them were. I think a lot would be set in motion by men like Essex. I think that's a really... I, I like that as a take. I like that explanation as this thought behind, like, to set a dominion in motion, to become a god outside of time and space, what do you have to do? And it's like, ultimately, pretty bizarre or horrific things. And the kind of pe people who are willing to do that are probably, you know, uh, egotists who want to make four clones of themselves to do four different unethical experiments in order to steal, like every little bit or of like power that they can. you know egotists that would be willing to steal the art and hard work of yeah thousands of individuals in order to make a <laughs> quick shitty buck off let's go bob it's it's the kind of thing that like when it's when it is put that way it becomes very easy to like mingle those themes and it makes, like, a lot of sense to, like, point it in the direction of, like, this idea of, like, uh, uh, um, both, like, the, the sort of, like, theft angle and the accumulation of artificial intelligence to this kind of, like, um, because all the Sinisters are also hijacking other people in order to get their dominions it's just that yeah they they are literally doing like they are scraping the google of the marvel universe they are scraping the marvel wiki for a solution to be the baddest bad guy and then enigma just scrapes all of their solutions and does it to them it's uh, it's sort of sort of like um i've rambled uh, into it. I mean, it, it, it is, point. it's the core is like when you don't give a shit about the hard work of others or you're not considerate to another person, like that is what the core of like that messaging comes to be. Like you're gonna get stabbed in the back because you are creating an environment that welcomes that. Yeah. Like by yeah. treating other people poorly, you are welcoming poor treatment in response. Uh, and that's like kind of like the core i think moral backbone of like the story we're in right now but i also think like 
Like, I don't know. The thing, like, thinking about the AI aspect of Dominion, to me, makes it fall apart a little when comparing it to real-life stuff, mm. because then I start thinking about how the real-life stuff, like, doesn't work. Yes. The way <laughs> yeah. we're being sold, how it yes. works. Yeah. You know? And then I start to apply those things back to the the fictional Marvel Universe thing that actually works. Yes. Like it, because, it, like, it, the, the sticking point with the real AI, and then I'm going to move on from this because I hate talking about AI. Uh, um, the the thing that, like, is different here is, like, Nathaniel Essex OG has created a way for this this computer to actually interpret and respond to the information. Where actual AI right now is not AI, it's just being fed back into a system where it recreates something, and then a person says yes or no. Yeah, yeah that's what you I was going to say. Like the like huge difference. The, yeah. the current AI that's in the news is like not not really artificial intelligence. It's like something yeah, that exactly. was there before that was rebranded <laughs> to be called that. It's, it's, it's the next step in um, a predictive text messaging. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's what it is. It's what all the, of it is. It's the middle button on your phone's like text prediction. <laughs> like yeah. brought yeah. to its logical conclusion. It's the, the the most recent Fantastic Four issue also had like a really good uh like that two part was like a really good uh take on AI as well. I really like that. Like the Ryan North arrived to like different conclusions in that book, but uh yeah, it's 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 kind of like like if if AI actually was taking in the fullness of human experience, yeah. it would be a better thing than any AI that is imagined in you know in these sorts of things usually, um, which I think is 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 really interesting and like very. Uh, that's a very very good issue. <laughs> Couple of issues of comics. Um, and yeah, and it's a more like hopeful idea of what the possibility of like again AI, actual AI, not AI. What's called AI yeah. now? Yeah, know? I mean, I think that's like the place of science fiction, like to find like what what is like reflect on real science and real like conversations about science in the real world, you know, and like say like yeah kind of yeah. cut the fat a bit like it works here because a lot of the science we talk about in the real world is more theoretical more fantasy than than most things yeah. and a lot of like especially when it comes to tech unfortunately like a lot of what we're being sold is a box full of spoons a lot of the time <laughs> i think <laughs> the reason why it works here too is that kieran doesn't just come up with a plot about AI because AI is in the news, right? Like it's no, it's like it's in been, the X Men's DNA. And yeah. I mean, it was like laid out in Hawksbox, like in two thousand, like eighteen or nineteen, right? And he says in this interview as well, like most of what I'm doing is following on what Jonathan Hickman uh, teased at the beginning of the Krakoa era, so there's gonna be, like, allusions to current language around, uh, like, large language models and stuff like that, like, there's, there's, there's definitely, both in this one and in Immortal 18, there were definitely things that were, like, you know, reflecting that, 
but it's it's like in the minor things or in the phrasing like the whole the whole yeah. thing is still like a story that has been followed from the start so i think that's why it still works. yeah absolutely um yeah. and if if anything it's just gonna give us more like the way that the world is developing in this like stupid direction just gives us more to uh more to have like echoes in ourselves when we read this which is which is which is yeah. good that's that's a good thing yeah to it's, happen um, yeah in comics it's it's a bit of um uh uh it's somewhat ontological um yes a a term which just sort sort of means echoes of things like the echoes of our real world are there in co- in the in the comic, and also the creation in the comic that is echoing this stuff is itself specifically ontological. There is so much talk about how Enigma is haunting the timeline, <laughs> um, and yes. yeah, and all of that. Not to cut you off, Ollie. Oh, no. Sorry. That's the end of my point. I um, partly just wanted an excuse to say the word hauntological. Continue. It's That's good more than fair. It's All right, word, I'm cutting it's, off it's one that AI it's, uh... Enigma talk. We're done. I, 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 just, I, I just wanted to add to uh, the, my favorite thing about hauntology is that it's like a pun that only works in French. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't pronounce the H, so it sounds the same as ontology. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> oh, thank you for that piece of information. I'm gonna be yeah, it's so from, annoyed. It's from Derrida, with that. who like, oh yeah. Most of the stuff Derrida came up with was just because like he noticed a punny thing in French. X-Men. Yeah. So, what else have you guys been reading? Uh... <laughs> What, is there anything you all want to shout out? I have been, yeah, I, I I read a ton of stuff. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, I read the nice the nice house on the lake, which is really really good. Uh, it's uh, it's a horror story about the end of the world, but it's also mainly like about the horrors of uh, remembering back conversations you've had and like playing it back in your head and having like those awkward moments that really sit with you like i listened to uh to tinyan on the off panel uh podcast afterwards where he talked a bit about how yeah like that uh that character is uh is is very much like based on myself and all of the other people are like people i've known in the past and have like it's him trying to reckon with uh with his uh awkward encounters in the past so it's very uncomfortable in that way but it's very good uh and it's also also about just trying to mix friend groups together and then how how that doesn't go so well sometimes (laughs) yeah it's a very it feels a very grown-up comic in the way that like it really reflects on like adult relationships and the way that like your relationships from like your high school or college uh friend groups like just don't mix uh the other thing i want to shout out because i really loved it uh which i read last night is the many deaths of leila star um ramvi and felipe andrade it's just beautiful story about uh 
about like death and you know coming to terth with ter- coming to terms with uh with loss and dying and uh immortality and stuff like that R- really yeah, beautiful book. that's it's just a like banger yeah. like it's really good um i i've just i've been playing a lot of video games but uh, i'm still keeping up on some manga and stuff and one that i've been reading for a while uh that is really cool uh is a manga called heterogenea linguistico uh which is a story about a guy who is like a linguist and he goes to the monster world uh to um learn monster languages so where he first lands is like the wolfman land where uh, they they have like they've had lots of contact with humans, so they're able to communicate with them. And he's learning their language, which has a lot to do with like sense and um, like body movements and stuff that he's not always able to replicate. Um, but he's able to like learn. And then, and it's sort of a, about um, what languages would be like if they weren't. Which obviously like sign language exists there are other methods of communication and i think this is definitely like engaging with that but it's sign languages too like people don't think about it but there's like one for every culture and within those they're so dialectic yeah um but this is like what are the ways people would learn to communicate if they had completely different sensory um understandings if they had like completely different uh social and cultural things then even beyond the obvious like real things that we have so it's like beyond the wolfman he's interacting with like lizard people who uh communicate by like showing each other cool rocks or like uh harpies who are just like giant like birds um and they like communicate in a completely different way there's like um there's like krakens which are just like shoals of fish that are maybe kind of a hive mind and like there's stuff where he's just like i i can't figure out how to communicate with these people i can't figure out how their language works at all and a lot of the story is about like seeing these different cultures interact and him just being confused by it and like trying to figure out how to exist in this world that like where people are just like casually like oh yeah when you die we'll eat you um (laughs) and he's like freaked out by that and then it's like no that's just how like this world works and it's like normal and um it's really like unlike anything else i've really read um honestly and sometimes it's just confusing because the entire thing is about like trying to translate seven different languages at once (laughs) um and it's quite hard to follow sometimes and i'm reading the like uh fan like scans 
and there's like the translator's note at the end where he's just like fuck I didn't know what to do with this page but like I tried my best please believe me I tried my best um, and like uh, I've been translating this pronoun this way for the past like three issues because it seemed like that was the intention and now there's something else that's taught me that it's the wrong and I'm like I'm like I love uh, this idea of a struggling fan translator, yeah. like just coming to grips with. Like, it sounds like it's because it's a complicated manga to translate, yeah. but like, just the idea of this guy, like, doing, like, instead a very basic manga and, like, fucking it up all the time. Like, <laughs> and just having to be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Like a House of Leaves type situation where you're just, like, following the. Uh, the translator is like life falling apart. <laughs> I, I would imagine the official English translations are a bit, might be easier to follow, um, might because they might have more resources to like help them out. And I think it's got like four volumes out. I read the first couple of volumes in like the official translation. Um, but it's, it's very cool. I enjoy the metatextual um, layer uh, that you have added. By reading this through, by reading this work about translation and understanding different languages through a fan translator. Yeah, and I think that's like the fan translator is like, yeah, um, and like some of this, like I, they have a specific interest in like Latin as well because there's some shit that comes up, like where they're, I think they're like also doing, um, like you know, they'll be like like root words and stuff and they're like okay and i know about this from latin or like there's some other like um extremely complicated kanji or something and it's like all right there this this person was going in for a challenge and they've got they've got it like um also just like uh very nice art um lots of like weird cool creatures like and yeah, every every like group past a certain point is like a minotaur, a little snake with arms, and like a big lizard man, a big wolf man, and then just like the human guy who's standing there, like oh fuck, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, it's it's a really cool comic. It sounds really interesting. All right, Holly, do you want to go next? I figured out a way that I can go last. Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Um, uh, my recommendation is Scavenger's Reign. Uh, I haven't finished it. Yeah. Um, I'm like most of the way through it, but it's a really beautiful animated series. It's on... I've seen the first three episodes. They're so good. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's so creative. It's, it's some really, uh, gorgeous 2D animation with, uh, uh, a really, really creative sci-fi world, which some basically some uh, some people have crash landed on a bizarre and gorgeously imagined fantasy world, fantasy world, sci-fi world, and they're trying to get back to their ship. And it's the the trials and tribulations of journeying through this strange, inventive weird land and every like weird unique and interesting idea that that is come across is portrayed through this animation so brilliantly um i feel like i do a disservice in describing it because so much of it is just seeing this like beautiful like 
art and innovative like ideas about an imagined world like just sort of unfold um but the the core of the story is also like it's it's got a solid hook to it and it's it's really good it's it's some, I'm pretty some, sure some i've great... seen uh george r. r martin recommend this hell yeah <laughs> it's it's really Go cool on you, george it's, it... it's just like if you if you want to watch a weird creature interact with a weird fruit and some mental shit happen this is the show for yeah. you <laughs> like, and, and it's so pretty like so ridiculously pretty guaranteed every episode you'll see a weird creature do a weird thing and it'll be new and interesting <laughs> every time and pretty and gorgeous yeah. just like oh the colors the colors <laughs> um yeah it's it's really really good yeah. uh yeah so i haven't had a lot of time for comics this week uh so i read three issues of the new poison ivy and i like <laughs> um but we've talked about that a couple times before and i want to dig a little deeper before i say anything but it's good so far it's so pretty um, oh, I want to shout out the, like, newest issue of, um, Birds of Prey. Like, it's just, it's like, a guest artist was on. If It, it was like if Monster High Dolls looked interesting. <laughs> oh my god, hell like, yeah. If, if I, as an adult person, had any interest in, like, like, it's an art style that's been, like, tapped into before. It's, like, yeah. very, like, corrupted Alice in Wonderland type vibe, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I didn't. But I, I really, I really dug it, I didn't and I thought it, that it issue worked that much. But oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just like the regular artist so much on that series. That's so fair. Yeah, I saw one of the regular artists say on on online, like, "Hey, just I, I, I hope everyone's open to the guest artist because to me, having the guest artist on was giving the chance for to tell the story from another yeah. character's perspective." Which I thought was a really interesting take on the guest artist. Oh, I love when um, they do that. Like, uh, yeah, uh, Immortal Hulk did that a lot. Like every time there was a guest artist on that, it was yeah. like very purposefully chosen. Um, there's uh, also the third volume, if I recall correctly, of the Wicked and the Divine. It's yes, six, six issues of guest artists, and it also uh, like pulls that kind of. Uh, telling the story from a new perspective. Um, it's I, I always like I always like it when that happens, and especially in comic books where the the art is so vital to the story and the tone. Um, using uh, having a guest artist as an opportunity to like both showcase and lean into that kind of art style. Um, is is really cool, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to catching up to Birds of Prey to read that issue. Oh, it's good. Uh, I I mean, here's what I say about say about the art style. I just don't like the way the uh the faces look. Uh, which is just a yeah, per- it is like I, I can see thing. how that's like. I do like the panel layouts a lot, yeah. and like the action, and like it is. It is definitely like it's not it's not bad. It just wasn't. Uh, you know, in terms of guest artists, I was like, okay, I wouldn't read a whole series yeah. uh, drawn like this. Um, Holly, what's our what's our theme music? Our uh, theme music is "Welcome to Our Island" by Caroline Polchak. And Kiwi, 
Kiwi, how, what should people uh, do to get the word out about our show for us? Because we don't have money to advertise. <laughs> I mean, just like tell some people. That'd be nice. Uh, like review it on, on iTunes. Five stars. Yeah. Probably. And uh, I, I need to log into iTunes someday and just do that for all the podcasts. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. What is the name of our show? This is Hated and Feared. Um, yeah, so next time we're going to be talking about a bunch of different books, right? X-Men 30, Invincible Iron Man 14, Cable 1, X-Force 48, Resurrection of Magneto 1. So nothing we talked about today no. will come up again. I'm looking for forward weeks, to one of these. Or for a couple episodes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and like, I think Cable will be fine. It's just not going to be essential. Like, it's not going. It's uh, not going to matter. Yeah, but. I think the thrust of the next episode will be us figuring out how much of each of those we are going to keep covering. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but thank you for listening. Um. Resist. Resist. There's a whole thing about resist at the at the end of 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 House of the Powers of. Ball of yeah. X. It was in Cyclops' big letters and everything. Of course. We didn't talk about it at all. <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about that letter at all. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> but, but he also ends his letter with resist. So, um, there we go. So he's a fan. He's a fan. <laughs> we, we didn't take it from this. They took Give it us a us. shout out, Cyclops. Yeah. We went back in time through the no place in order to insert. If you're like... <laughs> this is what we should say in the, like, how to spread the word. It's like, if you're famous... You know, (laughs) if you're Cyclops, you can come on the show. (laughs) Use your clout. Honestly, you could email us at hatedandfeared at gmail.com. I forgot that we had an email. Mm -hmm. You can follow us on Tumblr at at hated.feared.tumblr.com, which will probably not get updated ever again because I've also potentially forgotten the password for that. Uh, Uh, (laughs) I have. And our episodes will be on YouTube someday. Yeah. I have. a new episode coming out on the Who Watches the Watch Patreon that will be I will release free to everyone because because uh, we haven't really released anything on there for a while. So if you want to hear us talk about the um the movie Red, White, and Royal Blue oh about like God, what if actually... oh what if the I was wondering why like and, uh, three people watched that and the prince of England were gay with each other uh, that's what the movie is about it's not great but we had a lot of fun with it. it's probably gonna be up so it's uh, uh, patreon.com slash watches the watch reportedly heavily based off uh, Martha Beck. yes that's, that's the theory that we went yeah. with wonderful excellent <laughs> Nice. Okay, bye. Which news? (laughs) I'm done recording. Check out Doctor. (laughs) Which which one's Martha? From from. Oh yeah, yeah, I I I knew that. Yeah. My boss called me. Oh okay. Yeah, mm. that's, that's what the sixth Doctor one. Anyway, cut yeah. this all out, Nick. <laughs> I mean, every time we talk about Doctor Who, I cut it out. Oh, good. That's yeah. as it should be. Oh, come on.
What do you want? I'm afraid I'll have to ask you to empty your pockets, sir. Listen, you're not gonna find anything on me, okay? Trust me. Empty your pockets into the tray, sir, or we'll have to. <sighs> your pockets, sir? Lady, the problem isn't in my pants. <laughs> okay, now you've seen them. We good? Well, <laughs> You're in luck, sister. I'm not gonna be taking that flight after all. Looks like I'm headed to New York. Sorry, I must apprehend that mutant. Hey, apprehend this! X-Men comic books. You won't get this X-Men experience anywhere else. No doubt about it.